Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Speaking of love, we have incredible guests, two guests on today, a team together. Usually, sometimes uh, it's mostly one person. Today, we have two people. Today, we have Matt Bussey and Jennifer Bowler, and they're going to be here talking to us. It's going to be incredible. But first, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find the highest quality CBD oil ever created on the planet Earth. Blue Cobra CBD oil. This is this way because there is a proprietary extraction method that is used to extract the CBD from the hemp flower, and it was developed by a man named Howard Hitt, a.k.a. Big H. It's called the Hitt Extraction Method. It uses no chemicals, no solvents, no gases, nothing unnatural at all was used to extract that CBD. The product itself is 100% organic and the hemp used for the extraction is 100% organic organ grown hemp. There are three different styles of this oil, the maximum strength king cobra, regular strength little king cobra, and wild thing CBD for pets because we want our pets to have the highest quality medicine just like we do. And we have a discount code. Use this and you get free shipping on any order, even just one bottle in the continental 48 United States. That code is big H B I G and the letter H again, free shipping in the continental 48. You know, Howard Hinn is 76 years old and he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. He created a, CBD oil that encapsulates somehow the spirit of the cannabis. There's just this energy, this plant spirit that is completely retained. I feel like in Howard's oil, when I take it, it helps me be my best self. It makes me feel amazing. And being an Oregon person, I've been around a lot of these cannabis products for a really long time of my life. Being on the West Coast, I could tell you stories for days. And I can tell you personally that there is no other CBD product like this. So if you take this, you're going to have a completely different experience than anything you've ever had with a CBD product before. You have nothing to lose by trying this because there's a money back guarantee. If you don't like the bottle, even if you Just get that one bottle. You don't like it. You get your money back. You get to keep the bottle. If you had to pay shipping for some reason, you didn't use the discount code, you get your shipping money back. You get it all back just to try this. And you'll see because it's literally the best CBD product on the entire planet. 
And Howard's there on his website, bluecobracbd.com. He's there to answer any of your questions, anything you might want to know about CBD. He's there for you. So again, my friends, my listeners out there that I love so much, check out Howard Hitt's amazing creation, Blue Cobra CBD Oil, bluecobracbd.com. Again, one more time, that's Blue Cobra cbd.com and when you're done with that follow me on instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth that is the address you can follow us there spotify apple podcasts google podcasts wherever you go to get your podcast click the button that connects us Podchaser, stitcher there's so many now and most importantly Tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these types of podcasts. Love. We're going to be talking about love today. You know, somebody that loves these topics that wants to know more about love, bring them here, bring them here. You know them, you love them. Midnightonearth.com. Okay. So we're here with Matt Bussey and Jennifer Bowler. And we're going to talk to them, but first we're going to read their bio, their quick bio really quickly. Jennifer Bowler is an intuitive healer, clinically certified herbalist and Reiki master. Matthew Bussey holds a PhD in molecular biology and is also an intuitive healer, ordained Buddhist monk and certified vinyasa yoga teacher. Both share a passion for the healing power of love and together founded Embracing Love, a movement spreading a message of love to heal our divided world. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. No problem. We're similar frequency people. Our frequencies matched. And we're here to talk about love. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. I love you, Jay. Our, our, our audience loves you. It's it's worldwide love. 142 countries we're up to now. It's worldwide love happening. So let's talk about this. This is huge. This is part of humanity's evolution, I believe, is to be more loving, to embrace love and, and really tap into love. But what are we talking about here when we're, when we're becoming more loving people? What does that mean to you guys? Do you want to go first? Or shall I? You go first. All right. Um, yeah. What does that mean? Gosh, um, for me, I was uh, for a, a while ago, a, lot, a couple years ago, I was really stuck in a place of anger, just rage at what was going on in our world. And Matt here helped me switch that in one simple question. What does it look like to put more love in this? What and in situations where it's something going on in the world that you really can't picture loving, what does it look like to love myself in this? And those little questions have led to a whole lot of spiritual growth and understanding in the world that I did not have before, personally. Okay. Yeah. 
So you, you talked about the, the evolution of our species. And I believe love is can help us make help our evolution from a more animal-based competitive way of interacting with each other to a more highly evolved, more human way based on cooperation instead of competition. And love can be that bridge to help us shift from this animalistic way of interacting with each other to a more competitive, cooperative and loving way to interact with each other on a on a more wide on a social scale because love is a spiritual experience this is something that transcends the animal nature of humans you believe right and and love can help love can help be a a a guiding force in our lives that's what i mean that's how it can be a spiritual practice whenever we're not sure what to do or when we're struggling or we're not sure how to handle situations love can be a a guiding a, a guiding light to help us act in more loving more evolved more spiritual ways Right. And, and in everyday situations, we think of love and we think romantic love right off right off the bat. But that's not necessarily the case. We can we can apply love to anything. So um, one of the first little things that helped me when we started this journey together, little times I'd be triggered, like, say, in line at the post office or grocery store or something like that. And I'm just frustrated. I have to stop and ask myself, OK, why am I frustrated as an individual and what do I see in myself? that I'm seeing in this person that needs more love, that part of myself. Um, and then and just diving deeper within yourself. What, um, how old am I when is the first time that I recognize this feeling? Um, and how do I show that version of me more love if it's something um, that you really can't figure out how to show more love to that person or that, that situation out in the world? It just comes back to how do you love yourself in that? And just by loving yourself in that, you end up just naturally shining that out into the world. So even if it feels like you're not loving that situation directly, really you are in just healing that part of your heart and shining that out into the world. So this is something, love as a feeling, you're saying it's more than romantic love. It's really a state of being and it transcends the religious experience. It includes that if you're a religious person, but it also transcends all world spiritualities. It's something bigger you could say. And as you're activating love as a spiritual path, you become a more high frequency person. You're, you're becoming your true self. Would you say that that's correct? Absolutely. And the more we can learn how to love ourselves and shine that out into the world, we're mirrors of each other. So the more people are able to be witness to that, the more we're raising that collective vibration, whether other people realize it or not, we can feel it. I know I can feel it in my heart when you're when you're feeling it and you're really just shining that out, even to people who are suffering. um, it, It seems like it might not be much, but it really is. Interesting. And did you want to add to that, Matt? Yeah, well, I think love love helps us have compassion for people out in the world who have different views from us. So if you look out in the world, there's a lot of division in the world. Yes. But love can help us realize that all those people out there on the the other side, they're they're all acting the way that they're capable of based on the experiences that they've had. And when we cultivate, when we love ourselves and keep our, our hearts full of love and we we love our wounds we're less likely to let our wounds cause us to lash out on others. Right. Interesting. Which is exactly what it is. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was stuck and struggling. Like my, my, um, personal background, um, is, well, I'm Jen and I'm an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> and after I got sober, got my sponsor, worked my steps, like in the program, you're, you kind of have this idea that, oh, okay, I'm going to figure myself out in this. And I'm going to really have all my, I'm going to have it together at that point, but I was still struggling and stuck in this place of anger. And I started taking Matt's meditation, um, just as guided meditation class that was offered down at the church, the local church. And, uh, one day that it was, I was struggling with political stuff thing and, and people that I care about having a different political view and feeling very, um, I, I was, I was angry. I was really angry. And, um, I, I couldn't see the other side. I couldn't see where they were coming from. And you asked me a question and you were like, so what is it? What is this feeling that what is feeling attacked when when someone expresses an opposite opinion? How old are you? What is going on emotionally? When's the first time you felt this? And that made me stop and realize, oh, I'm just lashing out my own damage was something that that other people would never even pick up on but i was able to stop look at the other side of the coin and realize oh this is this is my pain and my anger just lashing out and causing more just layering on to this negativity whereas if i can just stop learn to learn to look at that wound in myself and begin the steps in healing those wounds internally instead of lashing out um different opinions or whatever. Um, that's when things started to change. My relationships changed. Um, everything started getting better. So, um, it was, it was the program and above and beyond actually really getting to the bottom of what I am reacting to when I'm angry or triggered. Yes. Cause we, we do live in this current state of conflict. It is temporary. It's absolutely temporary and yeah. it is subjective. It really just depends on the person and where they're at, but we do in the most uh, general sense, you look out in the world at the people in the world and there's a lot of conflict. Um, but that comes from outside. A lot of that is coming from outside and it's these irritating forces and, you know, just like creating this irritation. And sometimes we're not aware of how much we're bombarded by these things. And then we get these perspectives, polarized perspectives. They could be anything. It could show up anywhere for any person, but you get these polarized perspectives and then it becomes us and them. Like, and it doesn't really matter how that shows up because you could be on one side of the polarity or the other side of the polarity. It doesn't really matter because at that point as a human, you know, you form these, these kind of uh, walls around you and then you kind of see the them, whatever that shows up as, as part of the problem as part of a problem and you want the world as a compassionate, loving person to be amazing. And yet here are these people that have these differing opinions and they're part of the problem. And all of this is happening subconsciously almost and, yeah. or almost instantly, but then it's the love, right? You're saying the self love and then just realizing yeah. that that person, whoever it is or whatever your family member, your friends that are on that other side of the polarity, they're made out of God as well. They're also loving light beings. So we have to be able to communicate and find these middle grounds. I can see how that could be a journey for you, especially with so much intensity going on right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And what about uh, you, Matt? How did you become this Buddhist teacher? Like what's your story? You, 
seemed to be a really gentle guy. Were you always that way? Were, perhaps you were a bully in your younger years. <laughs> Tell me about this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I've always been a pretty, pretty laid back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Jen took um, her path and I, I followed a very different path to love, but even though our paths were very different, uh, we both wound up in the same place. So I started off um, on a worldly path, doing everything I was supposed to do. I you know, went to college, went to graduate school, got my PhD, and you know, t- doing everything I'm supposed to do to get a good job and be a good little productive person, member of our society. Um, but when I finished grad school, and I was staring down the barrel of the rest of my life, thinking about career, getting a job, I was just filled with a sense of dread, like spending the rest of my life working in a job or whatever. Um, and so that's when I went... That's when I started going to kind of a dark place um, and I was drinking a lot, going out a lot. And that's when I found my meditation teacher, my, uh, my tantric Buddhist meditation teacher. And so because I was at this place where I was, I had nothing else to live for. So I threw myself 100% into meditation and following my teacher. And that worked for a little while that I, I turned, turned my life around. Um, I established some financial security stability in my life because I had not had that previously. And so really the, the meditation helped turn my life around and help make me a, a productive member of, of society. But after about 10, after 10 years of doing that, I, again, I reached this point where for me, instead of anger, Jen talked about her struggles with anger. For me, it was kind of the opposite from, I always struggle more with depression and despondency. And so after 10 years of, of walking this Buddhist path and doing that hundred percent, exactly as I was supposed to, I still, I wound up back in this place of kind of depression and just emptiness. Um, and so that was when I, I kind of went on a little, uh, that, that was about when I turned 40. Right? So I went on my little midlife crisis. I, I spent a couple of years, I spent the, the winters in Costa Rica and the summers at my family's property, in Northern Wisconsin. And I started finding myself um, but then what really changed it for me was I did a yoga teacher training was MC Yogi. I don't know if you're familiar with his music. He's a great, wow. fabulous musician, uh, but also a wonderful yoga teacher, him and his wife, Amanda. And it was there at, there was a month long immersive yoga, yoga teacher training. This was during COVID. This was in October of 2020. So the height of COVID, um, but we did it outside and it was there. And I was, I was at the point in my life where, I was ready for something. And then being in that environment, this environment that Nick and Amanda created at the yoga teacher training, where for the first time I felt not just accepted for who I was, but cherished and loved with all my weirdness. I felt like I could be myself, be my weird self and be loved, not just accepted, but loved. And that was where I first started really loving myself deeply. Cause I, I realized I had all these wounds inside of myself because I'd always been a weirdo you know what? I was been, um, <laughs> I was been outside. Never, never knew how to fit in with people. I was, I was shy and quiet and weird. I, I'd say weird things and people make fun of me. So I had all these wounds, and it was there at the yoga teacher training with all around all those loving, supportive people that I finally really loved myself. And that's when I started wanting to spread this message of love to the world. And I'd been wanting to teach meditation for a while because you know, I've been studying training in that for a long time. And so that was, but then instead of just teaching meditation, I taught, started teaching heart-centered meditation to and developing practices to directly infuse our hearts and our beings with love and, and, and also work, start addressing and looking at our emotional wounds that stop us from being able to love and healing those emotional wounds. 
so that we can love ourselves fully. And once we love ourselves fully, then it's easy to start loving the world. Yes, it's something that's been coming up on our podcast quite a bit lately is this concept of self-love and how critical, absolutely critical it is to love yourself, to really have that true love for yourself before you can really go out and do bigger work. I mean, you could do it. It's happening. I mean, you can make things happen. But if you're not truly at a place where you're loving yourself in some way, then it's very hard because you're always dealing with that, that energy siphon. I mean, literally you're just like leaking this, this energy that you could be strengthening yourself with to be of better service, to be out there doing better things. So how do people discover self-love? I mean, some, so many of us have had experiences where they feel wounded, some worse than others, but still we've had these experiences where, we felt bad about ourselves. Maybe we've made a bad choice or maybe we've hurt someone in certain ways, but that all has to be appreciated or at least understood to reach a certain level of self-love. So tell me some of the things that people can do to strengthen their self-love. Right. Well, and I guess, so for me where I was stuck, so, you know, working a 12 step program, it's great for being able to look at yourself honestly. And I think that is where the hitch is for a lot of people, because in society, it's like we put so much shame on these things that we do that are just human making mistakes, doing things we regret. It's human to do these things, but by society standards, we tell ourselves that this isn't okay, or even Taking that time to love ourselves and and do practice self care is seen as selfish, which is nonsense. It is, it, but uh, by being able to look at ourselves honestly, instead of telling ourselves these little lies or telling society or other people these little white lies of things about ourselves that we'd like to believe are true, instead let's look at ourselves honestly, understand that we are all human beings and deserve to be loved in this. Like there is no reason to have any shame. Taking the fear completely out of that. Um, that was the first, that was where things started to shift for me okay. in realizing, oh, wait, I, I, I don't need to tell these little lies. Um, it, we just need to be honest. And it starts with honesty, honesty with ourselves, honesty with others. And then we can begin to look at that and realize, hey, we're all human. Yes. There's no thing in that. Yeah. And to, to, to add to that, uh, that honesty, that that radical, on, being able to look at ourselves with radical honesty is crucial because a lot of us, we're all wounded. We all came out of childhood with wounds, but a lot of us, we don't realize that or because we think our childhood was normal. Or if we start to realize something's not quite right, where our society teaches not to look at that. Like if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling, we're not allowed to feel those feelings. We're not, we're not allowed to express those feelings in society. So we're taught to just repress that, repress our pain, repress these bad feelings. And so a key first step is to be able to acknowledge the, the wounds that we all have inside right. us and start to heal those wounds. Right. Once we're honest with ourselves and then we are able to recognize when something upsets us and then be able to stop, breathe and look at yourself and look at yourself honestly and say, OK, when what am I reacting to? What was the first time in my life I, I recall feeling this feeling? And how do I go about healing that wound? How do I show that version of me more love? Um, that's those simple steps has been such a transformation. Uh, I know for myself and I think 
could help everyone. <laughs> so acknowledging the wounds, that's a huge part. Just noticing that they're there, dealing with it, being okay with it. Like you said, we're all human. We made these mistakes in our learning process, developing ourselves, and you have to acknowledge that it's okay. Now, what would you say to a person that really hurt somebody? Like really hurt somebody? Let's let's take it as far as murder how about murder like let's say somebody murdered someone or assaulted someone like what would you say to that person that's living with the guilt of a murder but then they have to love themselves in order to be a better human they're still here in the third dimension with us they have to be these humans these uh loving humans what would you say to a person like that how would they deal with that i mean Every, every action, every, uh, every act like that as, as a human being or acting out of, out of some sort of wound, like there's, uh, while we have these, these things, these, these sins that are like unforgivable, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure. I wouldn't know personally, it. but I know that there's <laughs> many people out there living with these things. Right. Right. But just to understand that we're all human and every action is simply a reaction from these wounds, these, these coping mechanisms. This is, um, you know, we're all just human at the end of the day, we're all human. Yeah. And I just being able to witness someone in that and love them in that and let them know, you know, now is your time to grow and change. Um, we can go forward. We don't need to go backward. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, that's yeah. So eat, in, in every moment, each of us, we're always doing the best that we're capable of right. based on our innate personality tendencies that we're born with. And then the experiences we grow up with and then, and then our present circumstances, we're all dealing, we're all acting to the best of our capability. And maybe in times that the best that we were capable of was not good enough. And but that's, we're always enough. Yeah. We're always good enough. But I mean, anyone, if someone, someone who murdered someone else, if you look in their past, look in their history, there's a story behind there. There's a reason. There's some wound that they, that drove them to act in that way and, and cause more pain. Cause all, all the pain that people are causing out the world are reflections of pain that's been inflicted upon them. Right. Exactly. <sighs> it's just being reflected out. And I've got to tell you, Jake, if you saw my situation on paper, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it, I, I mean, so, you, know, so I, you feel like you had a hard life and you've come up from that. Um, you know, I, I never thought I had such a hard life. I certainly, my mistakes put me in a bad position where, um, yeah, uh, where I can sit here and understand and justify where my actions came from on paper. I look like a terrible person. <laughs> I really do. Um, so I, I, when you say, say someone murdered someone else, I'm like, Oh, I can see how on paper it would get construed or put down that way, but let's, what really happened in that yes. incident? Well, there what is really habit. Uh, <laughs> there is the love, the compassion, the understanding. You want to look back and realize that originally they were that beautiful baby, the beautiful yeah. Christ consciousness baby. Something happened between yeah. baby state to taking another human's life that 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 led them on that path, and it wasn't good. But those people let's just say they pay for their crime and they have to be out there loving too. So just looking at the wounds again, acknowledging the wounds you feel like, and then realizing perhaps they paid for their crime. Maybe they went to jail for a long time or some situation like that. And maybe they even, you know, consoled with the family. There's so many stories out there like that. Um, 
those people can also heal. So if you're not at that polarity, worst case scenario, I would say, then you're able to heal. You can look at your wounds, people listening, and uh, and acknowledge that they're there. So you can get to that self-love. We talk about it so much. If we want the united earth. We want that place where love is running the show. It all starts from within. It starts with yourself. Exactly. Now, that's that's one thing I have to say with people that are even even those who are doing time for murder or have done their time or whatever. We are all just human beings. And I think one of our uh, something that speaks to our hearts so much, and it is something that I took from from AA, is providing a safe space where we can all just be open and honest without judgment, without this fear of, oh, gosh, people are going to judge me for X, Y, Z um, and just be heard and witnessed um, and understood, uh, there's something so healing in that, that it, it feels really important and certainly a big part of this movement that we're, that we've begun here just to create that for people. Um, yeah. So embracing love is a safe space. You could say it's a place <laughs> where anything is allowed, like that you're embracing love, but you also want people to grow. You want people to embrace that love, integrate it, and then become better. Is, is that exactly. correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and love can help us grow and become better. So your hypothetical person who murdered someone healing themselves with love is going to help ensure they never do that again. You know, right. That, right. that person is able to love themselves and heal their heart. It'll take, it'll remove that, that wound that caused them to do that in the first place. It's a powerful thing to think about. It's, it's really heavy, but love is the foundational force of the universe. You could say literally we're all made out of love. So many spiritual practices talk about this. We're made out of love. The universe itself is love. They say God is love, whatever that is, that greater thing that is love. So if you're tuning into love, you're truly tuning into the power of the universe. Right. Yeah. And raising that frequency collectively. And the more we can, we can do that and come from a place of love and shine that out in the world. We're helping the world raise that frequency. And I, I really think, um, gosh, I, I, I know I've, I've heard some, some dark stories and just with, with, I guess the circles I run with, if you will, <laughs> but um, I think the power of being able to hear someone's truth, no matter how horrible it might sound on paper witness that person and just love them through it. Um, it. Just recognizing that we're all human and we all have the ability to do horrible things. We also all have the ability to do wonderful things. It, yeah. It's such a spectrum of that, but we are all capable of these things and being able to understand that and be able to witness someone like being honest in whatever their crimes are and still love them at the end of that, that is so powerful and causes so much healing to happen. Um, and that's really, I, I know that that is what you provided for me, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can see so why awesome. you guys are together. It makes sense. Right? Um, <laughs> you know, it's something I think about as well as that, you know, you, there's these people out there, you're thinking about human trafficking, just the worst of the human experience. And people ask me, like, don't you want, like, don't you want them to die? Don't you want them to burn in hell? And it's like, I love that person that's doing those things, but I wouldn't do the things that they're doing. And I, yes, I want them to pay for their crimes, of course. But at some point we have to back that up and, and stay in that love frequency. And that's right. really how we move forward as a, as a human race. Yeah. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. And so one, yeah, there's lots of injustice and there's horrible injustice in the world. Every, uh, lots of places we look in, although I think the media, the media distorts it, right. It's not as bad as the media makes it seem out to be. Um, but so one way to deal with that there, yeah, there are times when we need to fight injustice or fight evil. And one way to approach that is to think about saving what we love instead of fighting what we hate. When we save what we love, we're focused on love. We're focused on preserving life, creating more life, creating peace, creating harmony. But sometimes a lot of people are stuck in this thing of fighting what they hate. And that's when, when you're fighting what you hate, you just bring more hate and anger into the world. Right. That's the vibration you're continuing to put out there. Interesting. Yes, of course, because there's it's a polarity. It's a polarity shift. You could end up in that lower frequency spectrum of the fight what you hate you're thinking fight and hate saving what you love it's a different polarity and by so many people talk about this these hermetic masters these spiritual teachers you really have to take yourself your true being and hold yourself in that higher polarity no matter what happens the ebb and the flows happen and you can like you said fight these injustices but you have to remain in those higher bandwidths of frequency because that hate feeling can just drag you down then all of a sudden you're toxic again all of a sudden you're hating you're and then it could bleed into other things which you don't even realize Oh, Jake, I've got to tell you, I have been struggling with that this week. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've got to come to my place of love. I have been, uh, you know, I've got some some legal issues and um, dealing with our justice system. And I say justice, I try not to roll my eyes, um, but trying to remember that as broken as this system is and what feels to me is very unjust, Um, everyone is an individual doing their best in this. And while it might feel like everyone's a cog in a broken system, at the same time, at the end of the day, everyone is a human being doing their very best and just, just trying to do their job to the best of their ability. And that's all it is. And so coming at that and approaching that with anger or rage is not serving anyone. It's only going to bite me in the butt at the end of the day, really. Um, so it, it helps to look at everyone as an individual instead of the collective system. Yes. And, you know, especially when you're dealing with these people on the phone, let me tell you, you just get oh, very frustrated. But oh, man. If you're as sweet it's, as you can possibly be, just be so loving. And then all of a sudden things start to happen. Things open up. They're more willing to help you because I, I yeah. know I'm not very willing to help someone that's pissed off at me in the moment. Right. You know? right. <laughs> especially right. if it's some random thing on the phone, like you're just doing a job because it is all a human experience. We have to remember that all of these systems, like you're talking about the post office, the justice system, all of these, these uh, systems that are in place are human designed and they're human run. And then there's always some human on the back end of it, either receiving the praise or abuse. So that's something that can help us shift as well. I mean, uh, try not to get upset in traffic. I know I do. I get incredibly upset at traffic, but you have to make it like your church. Like it is the church of being in LA traffic or the church for me being in Portland traffic, which is worse than LA traffic. And you just have to absorb it and be it. And it's almost like a test. It can be a training for you if you want to be more loving. But Matt, I I do want to know what are some of the things that you learned from your Buddhist teacher? Because I believe I read that you studied with him for 10 years. Is that correct? Uh, her, yeah. her, her. Okay. And what are some of the big things that she taught you? 
Uh, well, one of the crucial things is uh, mindfulness, being able to sit and look at my mind. And like I said, that's, that's where I learned to look at myself honestly and through the Buddhist practices of, of mindfulness, which is in the many regards similar to what Jen learned in AA. But just, just that ability to observe thoughts without reacting, to feel my feelings without enacting them, especially if they're negative feelings, but still allowing myself to feel whatever I'm feeling, but not necessarily acting on those feelings if they're going to cause pain or, or hardship to other people. So I, that so that, that, that learning that mindfulness approach was, was very crucial to me. And then also, like you said, um, that's it was through meditation that I learned to feel that force of love at the center of the universe. Because when we when we quiet our minds, when we shut down the thoughts, and when we're able to feel our place in the universe, then we feel that love that underlies all everything else. That the, the love that makes up our being, the love that makes up everything around us. When we're quiet in meditation, we can feel that and experience it directly. And then it brings you back to your core center, which is that love. And then you can radiate that out. However, there are several things in our environment, our daily life, our interactions that kind of chip away at that awareness. Uh, what were some techniques that you've learned over the years that help you maintain that love frequency in spite of all those things? I know you talked about mindfulness, but is there anything else that you can add to that to that maybe things you've developed yourself that help you kind of maintain and just hold that frequency in the midst of all the irritable and irritating things out there. Sure. Um, well, a lot of things that really helped me are things you've probably heard before. Uh, things like a gratitude practice, take, taking time each day to spend. Um, I don't use a journal personally. I just spend time at the, at the start of my morning practice reminding myself of all the things that I'm thankful for, even the, the dumb, silly things. Like I'm always grateful for coffee in the morning. <laughs> hey, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being grateful for having a clean, warm, dry apartment to sit in. And so, so gratitude practice is one thing I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure of course. Yes. Many guests have talked about this. It holds that frequency. Yeah. yeah. And then breathing. So whenever I know for myself and I, I know Jen, you too, when, when we start, when something starts to trigger us and we get agitated and kind of the mind starts bouncing around, just slowing it's it's been physiologically proven that slowing down our breath slows down the mind slow triggers the the vagus nerve to trigger that rest in a relax and recuperation response in the nervous system so just breathing which i'm i'm sure other your other guests have talked about i'm um, just and particularly slowing the breath taking those deep calm breaths to calm down our nervous system so that again that slows down the mind so that we can again tap into that love that feeling of love that's always inside us yeah, that's actually really huge. The breathing, because that's something that you can do in the moment, anywhere, right. in whatever situation you might find yourself in, you can stop and breathe. And what were you saying? It, it affects the, the vega nerve. I haven't heard that one yet. The, Tell the, me about the, that. The vagus, yeah. If you want a, a really interesting topic of uh, the vagus nerve, uh, okay. I can't remember that wrote that book about that, but um, triggering the, uh, the parasympathetic nervous system, it's, it's yes. been proven and studied physiologically that particularly when we extend, when we exhale for longer than when we inhale. So when you're taking a deep, in, in deep, slow inhale, and then a long, really slow exhale, it physiologically triggers, it triggers a parasympathetic nervous system 
um, which is which involves I don't know all the details involves the vagus nerve as well, which is um, but it 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 triggers the 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 parasympathetic nervous system to calm down to stop pumping adrenaline into the body to instead um, relax and and rest and allow the body to recover. It's actually restorative for the nervous system yeah. um, to do that. Yeah. And, and that is actually those practices years ago is what my doctor and I did together to wean me off of Xanax and anti-anxiety medication. So a uh, big fan of no medications, but that's a side note. <laughs> yeah, hey, me too. I, I, you know, keep it natural if you can. Yes. As an herbalist, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's funny. The, these little techniques is really, I had to train my brain. I was stuck in this place of going to anger so quickly. Um, and that was just my go-to. Um, and even after working through my, my 12 steps, I, I still was struggling with that, but just that little practice of stop when I'm feeling agitated, just stop, breathe. What are you grateful for right away? Um, and trigger your mind to think, on the positive note, instead of going to the dark place so quickly, uh, it gets easier and easier every time, every time. And it, it's definitely changed my way of thinking overall. Um, and it's been tremendous, tremendous. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that many people out there that could be on these medications would be interested in learning more about that. It's natural. You can say it's natural. I mean, we have these mechanisms within us as humans to heal ourselves in these situations but through uh you know i don't know lobbying or just uh just human medicine we've decided that any situation that we come across has a pill to fix it including anger right forget looking at the root of it forget looking at the emotional stemming where it's all coming from no just take this pill and those pills can be very damaging i know several people that take them regularly and you can tell that they're having issues physically, like it, it affects them physically. How could it not? Putting a bandaid on the situation versus looking at it and on a spiritual level, figuring out what is it that I'm reacting to and how do we heal this on a spiritual level instead of just taking a pill that's just kind of going to mask the situation and further repress that instead of bringing it up to the forefront, looking at it honestly and healing that wound. Um, so it's kind yes. of, it's set back, not to say, I know there's, there's a time and a place for pharmaceuticals, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of going without. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, emergency use only like for people that can't pull out, they have that experience. A lot of people that deal with anxiety have situations like that and they haven't developed these techniques yet. Yeah. Do it in that moment, but don't make it your go-to don't make it your regular right. thing that you're taking Xanax daily. Right. My God, you're taking Valium. And there's so many of these pills that people take daily. Yeah. It's mind blowing to me. You build up a tolerance and you just end up needing more and more. And it's the damage it's doing to your body. Oh, well, anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> hey, embracing Don't love. If you want to talk about self-love, it's there's a physical component, uh, physical right. health. I mean, if you're treating your body the way it should be treated, exercise, yoga, eating good foods, it's going to be that much easier to love yourself because these foods, these things we put in our body, potentially these pharmaceuticals, they cause inflammation, extreme inflammation. And that physical inflammation shows up as a wall of psychic inflammation. And you have to fight all that. You have to get through all that before you can maybe take some of these steps to heal yourself. 
Right. And, and furthermore, with these, these spiritual, what we, you know, in the program, it's a spiritual malady and we all have this, I'm realizing. And, and the more, when we became friends and the more Matt and I started talking, realizing that my, my issues that brought me to AA as humans, we both have these issues. They just manifest in different ways, but by not healing that, they come out in physical ways in our bodies. So it, every, and every human being is so different. We're all magnificent and beautiful and original and, and unique. So when we are not taking care of that spiritual malady, that hole in our hearts, it can come out so many different ways. And here in the Western world, our first go-to is like, well, go to a doctor, put a Band-Aid on it. Instead of really asking the questions, well, what is it? Am I lying to myself about something? Am I lying to the world about something? Am I, um, It's uh, to me, it, it feels like it starts with being honest with yourself. And then once you're honest with yourself, okay, well, how do I look at that and love myself in this? Um, and that for me, I, I have a limp I thought I was going to have for the rest of my life. And by actually looking at my wounds and starting to heal them, I'm walking without a limp these days. And, uh, it's, I know it's a spiritual thing. Um, yeah. And Mm. many thanks to Matt, many thanks to my therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yoga yoga has helped too. Yoga helps as well. But yeah, but I really noticed a difference. Um, once I started addressing the wounds that I was lying to myself about. Really? So you feel like these wounds that you had, these emotional yeah. wounds, these uh, situational wounds had a physical manifestation. Absolutely. And I was just like lying and saying, oh, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, and, and that's fine. It wasn't that big of a deal, but my heart was hurting. And until I really looked at that and said, no, no, this, this really hurt. Um, and what does it look like to love that version of myself? In fact, you might see these little guys behind me. They're... <laughs> representing different versions of myself at different ages. And how oh, do wow. I love that, that side of myself when these earliest wounds began? Um, but yeah, sure enough, I'm getting much better, getting stronger with yoga, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just a lot of work for humans. We, as humans, we are these multidimensional beings. We hold on to things. We do all these things that I think other animals don't really do. Like, right. You look at the <laughs> spectrum of life on earth and, and we're the ones that are the most complicated, I would say, but it, it's part of our story. That's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But really it's like we, we create a lot of attachment. And I think that maybe part of the self love is, is letting go of the attachment to these experiences. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And by, because again, what a lot of times what's driving that attachment is some kind of wound. Yes. That, as you were saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and we all have these wounds and we all try to fill them in different ways, whether it's alcohol, drugs, even overwork or over, over exercising. Shopping. Th- those, yeah. I mean, overwork, <laughs> overeating. Oh, yeah. Overeating, overeating all, over all shopping. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these, all these detrimental practices that we all engage in to some degree they're all just trying to fill the hole in our heart the hole in our soul yeah that's really interesting but we get to the self-love point let's say we're there we're getting there we're developing it we're becoming stronger at that point are you supposed to be out there helping other people like shining your lights giving people that love is is that part of it as well uh, well, there's no supposed to, and it's great that you yeah. corrected that. <laughs> but I think naturally, when when we start loving ourselves and filling our hearts with love, naturally we just start shining love out at others. It, it's not a thing that you really have to try to do; it just happens automatically. 
it's just being yourself and letting that light of yours just shine and it's going to come out and I'll, I'll notice it. Um, if I'm feeling that love, feeling good and just interactions out in public, you can see people start to shift and change when you just shine, shine a smile at someone, at a stranger and see it, the miraculous change it has. It's a, uh, it's infectious. It really is. Yeah. It, and you it don't is. Really have to try. It just is. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love giving love to people because I appreciated love. You know, I came from a background that was, you know, not exactly the best. I didn't have the greatest childhood in the world. There was a lot of pain and situations like that, like you're describing. But then when you shed all that and then you open up to love and you can experience the love, you realize how good you feel. And as a loving person, you want to make other people feel that way. So it's so fun to do it. You're, you're giving love to people because like you said, it opens them up and it can be a very fun practice. You're just out there doing this thing. You're, you're loving your fellow man. All the spiritual teachers talk about this. You're loving your fellow human out there just doing this thing and it adds to the collective. It, it helps us all evolve. Even the simplest things, you know, I, and Oregon, uh, they don't allow you to pump your own gas. Oregon and New Jersey, you have to have a worker doing that. Most people look at that worker as like some kind of animated robot almost. Like they're just like an extension of the gas pump. I love to engage with those people. I love to talk to those people, figure out their story while I'm getting my gas pumped because nobody else does that. And you, you treat them with that humanness, that love and real. And I guess it helps them realize our equality, how equal we all are, that no matter what our roles are, we're still equal in that loving uh, human experience. And, and we all deserve love. Right. Yes. And that was fun chatting up the people filling the tank while we were there visiting <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Some great experiences. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. so we're embracing love now as a movement. Tell me what you want to accomplish with this embracing love movement, because this is something you're starting. You have a website, but you, there's just something you're starting as a movement. Tell me more about this aspect. Well, well, my, my dream is to spread love throughout the world. And like I said, help, help the evolution of our species, help our social institutions evolve from 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 systems based on competition to systems based on cooperation instead. So that that is my dream to spread love in the world and help our species evolve to a more to a higher vibration. That's that so we can work together to address the horrifically complex problems we're facing on a global scale. Because it does take that love frequency. So it's a love activation. You feel like your mission is with your life currently by creating this movement is to help activate that love in, in yeah. everyone you come in contact with. Absolutely. So we're in the works of developing different workshops. Um, we both have different strengths and we're trying to kind of lean into what these strengths are. And just, we've both been doing the guided meditations. It started off pretty organically. Um, Matt started doing, once things opened up here in our area, like I guess about a year and a half ago, Matt started offering meditations at the church. And I was like, oh, I've got to do this. And then thought, I mean, you could hear the pace with I, at, that I speak at. And I thought there's no way I I'm, I'm meant for guided meditation, but, um, <laughs> but sure enough, I, I'm actually able to channel that Matt had me fill in for him one time and it developed into me leading guided meditations for my friends in AA and oh, uh, wow. doing this all on zoom. And now we've kind of, 
okay, so we that's where our website began, but now we're trying to kind of evolve this. Okay, what does a workshop look like? And we have different ones like animals, um, embodying the different animals or even the same tricks that we've been using as far as looking at certain wounds and trying to figure out what age we need to show more love to and just encouraging people to give, let that part of your of yourself just um, really lean into that and feel loved. So we're, we're developing quite a few different things, but um, yeah. So, but, and continuing the meditation, which is great, but all kinds of different branches out there that we're trying to reach a bigger audience. Well, it sounds like the future is very bright. I feel like you should develop these embracing love courses and help people just discover what that is because there's so many people that want this uh, that are really actually at the very beginning, right? They're yeah. loving people just like you and me, but they're just whatever their life path led them to a point where they haven't tapped into these things so fully. So they need a conduit for that. And it seems like what you're trying to do, developing a course structure, you know, having these modules, zoom classes, things like that. I think that'd be a really good move for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like Jen said, we so for the past um, about a year and a half or two years, we've been offering regular weekly uh, guided meditations. And but I think we want to stop calling it just meditation because we don't want to limit meditation is one of the tools that we use to to spread love and the love. It's ourselves. so much more too but, than what we're but, doing. Yeah, yeah it yeah. really is, and it's evolved to so much more. Where um, right. it, it, yeah, I have I have my own little group. I do a new moon meeting where it's more. Um, I don't know. It's basically embracing love in the format of, of kind of like an AA meeting. We all talk about what's going on in our lives and we share and we offer support and encouragement for each other. But it's just providing that safe space where there is no judgment and there's no questions asked. It is we are all human beings and we are all here to be loved, and, period. And yeah, and that's so that's what we want to provide with our embracing love uh, online offerings is a space where people can be fully vulnerable. We can talk about these emotions that were conditioned by society to not express but we, we need more safe spaces like that where people can be emotionally raw and vulnerable and talk about the feelings that are tearing them up inside and then be loved for them right be, yes. be, yeah right trying to break that cycle of this human need we have to tell these little white lies to give this story of what we want other people to see in us and and we are we're more often than not just lying to ourselves um but once we create that safe space to be vulnerable we can actually start to stop breathe and look at ourselves more honestly to begin that healing I think a lot of it is self-judgment. I mean, yes, we're, yeah. we're worried about the judgments of others, which we shouldn't at all, but we're, a lot of it is self-judgment. Like, and, and then when you analyze it, it's like things that actually don't really mean that much in the greater sphere of understanding. It's just kind of like your own guilt, your own feelings that are then creating this self-judgment that then is blocking that self-love that's then blocking the further development. It just keeps going forward. Exactly. Yeah. When a lot of those self judgments were conditioned into us by our upbringing, either right. from our parents or from school or from other peers. I mean, we were all conditioned with these judgments that and that that teach us that we're not okay exactly as we are, and right. that's part of what we need to, to break out of. Yes. Exactly. Letting people know that we are perfect exactly as we are, all of us, every one of us, um, and there's no shame in our game at all. Uh, yeah, and and cycle of needing to tell these little white lies to ourselves, to others, to whatever, and just begin to heal. 
And what I've always learned, I've learned this from guests and just my own spiritual, uh, not, you know, just like experiences and getting out there to learn things is that the divine is infinite love. Like it's just infinite love. So that judgment isn't coming from on high. It's not coming from those higher dimensions or however you want to perceive it. It's literally coming from yourself. Right. From our minds. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so incredible. You got to shut off that mind, right. And get, get to your core loving self. Well, oftentimes it's coming from our subconscious, which develops over years. And so change these practices to change our change, how we feel about ourselves and remove those judgments. It takes a while because we have to slowly reprogram the subconscious. Right. So it's a, it's one of, it's one of those things that requires a little bit of effort continuously because it's hard. We can't overnight change our conditioning, but with practice and with, with the thoughts that we try to think with the, with the information that we bring into ourselves, we can start to reprogram our subconscious and get rid of those self-destructive thoughts and judgments. Right. And keeping it in gratitude when you start to feel that agitation was key in changing my, my thought patterns. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, we have the ability to reprogram our subconscious mind. Really, it's just the repetition of new information or just the yeah. repetition of good information. That's exactly. where mantras come into play. There's so many different things you could talk about to reprogram that. And then you're letting go of the self-judgment. It's it's really a huge part of the self-love. If you've noticed, if you're listening, all of the people out there, the main focus of this is self-love. Like it's a self love experience you only have complete control over yourself that's it the entire universe you can the only thing you have control over is yourself so if you develop that self-love that's what we're talking about and then you move into embracing love in everything that you do you see yourself in everyone you see yourself in every situation so you're not reacting you're responding which is such a huge different uh, perspective than most people uh, live. You know, there most people are reacting to situations. You come from that place of love, then you're responding to a situation. Right. With love. With compassion. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And seeing ourselves, like you said, seeing ourselves and others, because we are all of us just mirrors of each other. Yes. Um, And the things that we see in other human beings that we don't like, are opportunities for us to look at ourselves and look at where, where do we have room to grow? Um, because more often what we're seeing more often than not, what we're seeing that agitates us in society and other people is something that we need to look at ourselves. Yes. We're all just one, right? We talk about that a lot. We, we are truly this one being having this kind of individual experience. But after we leave this life, we're going to understand that higher knowledge of like, wow, it was all just one learning mechanism for one being, whatever that being is, the human. Right, yeah. exactly. So as we evolve as humans, we become more loving. What does that earth look like as we move into what some people call the new earth? What are your thoughts on that? Cooperation. Yes. It's so understanding, having compassion for each other, people having empathy for each other. Um, Yeah. Yeah, So when we, when we wake up to the fact that we are, are all one, that the suffering of others affects us. I mean, when we, when you start, when you, start loving yourself and become in tune when we, when we're in tune with our hearts and we feel our hearts, I mean, when we feel our own emotions freely, then we feel the emotions of others naturally. And we start to realize that we can't really be happy while there's all this suffering out in the world. 
And so then if, I mean, if we can get everyone to be in touch with their love and be in touch with their heart, then those people that have huge amounts of resources, huge bank accounts, they'll start to naturally realize that hoarding this wealth is making themselves feel bad because it's, it's helping keep the world in a, in a more depressed state. And it's not sharing these resources with everyone else in the world who needs them. And so when, with, if everyone started waking, started being able to love themselves and being in touch with the love in their hearts, we would naturally start to adjust the wealth disparity. Yeah. I mean, I think that everything is infinite. It's all made out of God, right? So God's infinite. So everything's infinite. So as these people wake up, like you say, these people that are hoarding these resources or they're just unconscious, maybe they have incredible manifestation abilities. They're just (laughs) not tuned into this type of information. They become tuned into it and they start to unlock those things. And then we're working in a cooperative kind of sympathetic environments. And that's when the future unfolds. And that's when we will have the high technology, the United Earth that we talk about so much, and we'll be able to be out there as emissaries of love and light in the universe. Yeah. yeah. And it really all begins with us being able to look at ourselves honesty, honestly, is what I, I truly believe. Yes. And with honesty and and loving yourself, exactly as we are the freedom that comes with that if we could just shine that out in the world and for everyone to feel that love that freedom um god yeah it's a beautiful thought it's a beautiful thought (laughs) it is and you know one thing i'd like to add to that is that it all starts with understanding that you're a light being in a physical body you, yes. you, you're not your body, you're in your body. That's like the most important thing because when you start there, it makes everyone equal on the planet. It doesn't matter your ancestry, how your physical body shows up. If you realize that you're a light being, everyone else is a light being, and that's where our true foundation is, that's when we start to harmonize together and create that united earth. When we see that light in everyone, like, doesn't matter who you are, where you are, your, your income, your ancestry, like we said, all of those things were literally just light beings in physical bodies. That's part of embracing love, I think. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yes. And it's when, when we're emotionally whole and feeling the love in our hearts, then we, then we feel that we are these light beings. Yes. Yeah. And letting go of the illusion, letting go of real thinking that this dimension is so important. This is where the work needs to be done. But these roles, these like, as you were saying, you felt like you needed to get a doctorate to be this guy, to have this job, to, to and then die. You know, it really is like you're just this, this circuit on a board, you know, it's just not even functioning. But the thing is, is that we ha- all have different roles and that's okay. And that's, it's one united organism. So when we realize that we're, we're not judging ourselves, we're not comparing ourselves. We're just, we're just being, I think. And that's, that's, that's a loving experience. Yeah. Right. And once we, I, I truly feel like, and I know this, my experience comes from a, a lot of time in the AA rooms, but once you are able to fully accept yourself, accepting others for whatever it, in any circumstance. And yes, I, I do have friends in my, my AA group that have committed murder and done their time, but I still, I can look at them, love them and be like, yeah, you are awesome. Um, once we can all look at ourselves and accept ourselves, it becomes so much easier to accept everyone around you. Um, 
in my experience. Definitely. And at some point we'll be able to back it up. Like I was saying earlier and realize that it's just an illusion. It literally doesn't even really exist. So all of the attachments don't necessarily need to be there. They don't actually mean anything when you realize that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Breathe, meditate. (laughs) But I do want to let people know that we are, we are moving to this wonderful place. Like we talk about all the, situations, the conflict, the various things that are happening on the earth right now. But we do want to remind people that we're moving to a united earth. We are moving to a heaven on earth scenario where love will be the dominant understanding. Like it doesn't seem to be the dominant force guiding everyone currently though back it up a little bit and it is you know but it's just not in people's conscious awareness as much, but it will be in people's conscious awareness constantly. That is the earth that we're going to. Uh, what do you think about that, Matt? Definitely. I mean, that that is, that's what I think that that's the course of evolution. That's where we are going. And that's inevitable. I mean, it may look like we're sliding backwards now, but that's, um, it could just be the the darkness before the dawn. Right. You know, I've, heard, I've heard, you probably heard this before that the, the hyper division right now, the, the kind of the, almost the return, this resurgence of patriarchy is the dying throes of an, a caged animal that knows its days are numbered. So it seems like it's getting worse now, but it's just it's expending its death throes. And we don't know when exactly we'll see major changes, but changes will happen eventually. And so even though things may seem worse right now, it's as part of the evolution, part of the evolutionary process. Definitely. It seems like I've heard from other guests say it seems like that they're trying to just bite as many people on the way out. Or if you can visualize a chessboard with that one piece, that's just the last one. And, you know, you can move here, you can keep moving, but the love is closing in. And eventually that, that frequency, that energy, wherever it lies, just won't be able to exist because it won't be in the octave that we're living in. It won't be in that bandwidth. It'll be somewhere else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All it's really hopeful information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, we've had an incredible podcast. We've talked about so much. Is there anything else that you feel like we should be talking about? Is there any other points or topics you'd like to talk about? Uh, well, I, I would like to talk a little bit more about the the heart centered meditation practices. Yes, please. Because um, that, that's one thing that, I've, I've really kind of developed or we've developed on our own. And so when I, I, like I mentioned, I studied for 10 years in a tantric Buddhist meditation uh, lineage. And that was all, we were learning to direct energy from the base of the spine out through the head, up to the crown chakra. And it's just, move, I was, I studied and I learned to move the energy up the shashamna and out and, and connect, um, connect with the cosmos that way. Um, but so when I started thinking about love more, I started adjusting these practices. Instead of just moving energy up and out of the body, we can actually move this energy back into the body and back into our heart and kind of reflect this healing, loving light energy instead of just moving out of our bodies and connecting and becoming enlightened and escaping from this world. We can use this energy, this healing light energy, this this Reiki energy, if you want to call it, to direct it back into our body to help heal those wounds in our heart to to help to almost physically fill our heart and fill our being with this healing love life force of the universe energy 
Interesting. You're doing Reiki on yourself, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's awesome. So you're saying just as you're moving that energy out, move it towards your heart, like put it back into your heart and then that cleanses you more. And that's a different type of meditation that's not taught very well or something that you're developing yourself, you're saying? Well, it's, I, I have, I mean, I've never seen anyone teaching these exact practices and it's kind of things that have just come to me or have been, um, I mean, almost downloaded. I, mean, I don't like that word downloads has been overused somewhat, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't know. I mean, I just kind of started feeling guided to develop these practices and, and it's just a different, different ways of moving energy through the body. So instead of, and in particular, one that I think is really powerful is drawing the light from above and the dark from below into our bodies and then shining that out as the rainbow of love, the rainbow love that is life. So life is made up of the dark and the light together. And when they mix together, then we get the rainbow of life and the rainbow of love. And so for me, that's an important idea that we're not necessarily battling the dark. There's all these things. The it's not it's not light versus dark. It's not good versus evil. We all have light and dark within us. We all have good and evil within us. We need to find that balance, and it's in that balance in the interplay that is where the magic of life happens. Yes, balancing that. That's absolutely true because so many people want to cut out that polarity. They feel like that the darkness shouldn't exist and the behaviors related to it shouldn't exist, I guess you could say. But if you acknowledge it and work with it, I guess that's what people call shadow work. Is that like yeah. a lot of that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's another, yeah. Way, another way to, to, to label it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think that you should incorporate that into your embracing love course that's coming soon. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it just seems like too. another way to look at it is if you visualize a kind of piano keyboard and you think of, you know, like a a C major scale. So you have C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C. I've talked about this before. And if you see that uh, low C as the dark and the high C as the light, you have your octave. So when you raise your vibration and that law that that yin yang law is still in place but when you raise your vibration you kick it up to another octave so what you once defined as high c this really great place is now low c your lowest point and high c is way up here your highest point and we keep doing that over and over and over and that yin and yang will still be there. That law, that darkness will still be there, but how we define the darkness will be radically different. And we might look back at our previous selves, our previous civilizations and say, my God, how did we exist that way? How are we not in a perpetual state of radiant love all the time? Look at this beautiful world we have. Why weren't we there the whole time? Of course we'll get the story, but that's how we get there because some people truly feel like the shadow stuff, the darkest part of humanity has to be there all the time. And I, I, I feel like that that's something that we can transcend and get above, but still have that yin yang law in place. We just define the darkness differently. What do you guys think about that? I love that analogy. Yeah. That, that is so true. So true. Um, And I love being on this path and growing and being able to see that vibration and being able to see that, that frequency rise. Uh, And yeah, it's, it's a, it's a growth process. And we're definitely in this collective shift where we're not the only ones that recognize this. 
Um, and yeah, that you, you speak of shadow work. I have to remember, like, I think it was last October, I was overdoing it in shadow work. Let's look at every horrible thing about myself. And I actually overdid it to a point where I broke out in a rash around my mouth, my eyes. <laughs> I just wow. like Googled it and it said, um, yeah, I was being too hard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can, we, we have a tendency to want to heal so bad that we can hurt ourselves. I see what you're, you're yeah. saying. Like you just wanted, it came from a place of love, like we talk about, but, but then yeah, you were kind of overdoing it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. But just accepting it, but you're right. We don't have to keep focusing on it. We don't have to make that like, um, yeah. And, and like, I love that analogy also, because it's, it reinforces that point that everything is a matter of perspective. It, It depends on the lens through which you're looking at. So what's, what's, evil or good. It's all, it's all perspective. It's all, right. what, it all depends on the context. Yeah. And we can get above the atrocities and the things that we're experiencing here on the planet. It's purely selfish. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't want other people to suffer. It's my own selfishness. I, <laughs> I just want everybody to be taken care of and happy and have exactly what they want in every possible way. Um, and that's the only reason I'm, it's all for me. I, I'm doing this all for me. <laughs> I like your cons. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for being here. We've had an incredible interview. This has been so good. Um, I want to tell people where to find you. Um, right off the bat, there's a website, embrace love dot life. So it's the word embrace, then love, all one word, embrace love dot life, L-I-F-E. You can go there. There's videos, there's other info. And as you've heard on this episode, they're working on courses. They're working on an embracing love course that you can take and you'll find out about it on that website. And when that's developed, when it's sent up, we'll have these guys back on and we'll talk about love more because we can't talk enough about love. We need more love in our life. We need to expand that out. We need to love each other more. I mean, all the spiritual teachers talk about it in all the religions and all the spiritual practices. It's all about love, right? Yeah. Love is the answer. Love is all you need. (laughs) Oh yeah. The Beatles, of course. Everything. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. So before we go, is there anything that you would like to leave our audience with? We've had such a great conversation. It went by so fast. I can't believe we've clocked in the amount of time that we have already. That just went really quick. But is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with just to help them more? Um, I think just that we all deserve love. Everyone deserves love. No matter matter what your opinion of yourself is, no matter your opinion of other people, we all deserve love. We are all perfect exactly as we are. And we are all worthy of love exactly as we are. Wow. Wow. We're worthy and we deserve love. People, if you're hearing this, maybe you're not feeling that way. Let's flip that polarity. Let's help you understand that you are worthy of love and you're perfect exactly as you are. Thank you guys for being here. Matt and Jen, you guys are amazing. We'll have you back on very soon. Please hold through the outro music. And everyone, we will see you next week. Midnight on Earth. <laughs>